most banks don't have all their eggs in one basket like uh, SVB did. I mean, to, for a bank to just be in the tech sector over the last two years wasn't such a great idea. I mean, the tech sector had some serious hits and, and cryptocurrencies had some serious hits. So I really don't feel that's representative of the, of the greater industry. Um, however, I mean, they were allowed to proceed without much stress testing. And I think that's got to be sort of an instituted idea that, you know, even though they had, what, less than $250 billion, um, capitalized, that they should have been stress tested. And, and, you know, the cracks would have been found earlier. Welcome to this RTD interview. Today, I'm excited to have first-time guest, Mr. Craig Alford, the director of FE Battery Metals Corp. Craig is a 30-year veteran in the mining and exploration space. Today, he joins us to share his thoughts on the economy as well as the energy sector and possibilities in the mining space. So, Craig, welcome to RTD Interviews. Hey, it's great to be here. Well, I thank you, as always, for taking time with me and uh, getting a chance to know uh, just what's the, where we're at currently in the, current, in the current macros picture, as well as opportunities in the mining space. And so I'm loving bringing opportunities to the community just in reference to investment opportunities and things of that nature. But uh, before we dive into that, if you don't mind, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you've arrived at this point in your career? Okay, sure. I'm, I'm a geologist uh, by background. I graduated in the 80s. I started my career with uh, a big copper company in Canada, and since then I've worked every year uh, in field programs, in major acquisitions and mergers. Um, I've worked for major companies. I've worked for junior companies. I've worked in over 30 countries worldwide, so um, I've seen a lot of rocks. It's great to, to have that uh, large knowledge base, and I started in the lithium space around 2015, just when I guess there was incredible expectations for Tesla. However, they didn't meet a lot of the expectations of, of production and stuff like this. So there was a bit of a down dip in the lithium market, but it's back and it's very strong now. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for sharing that. And so uh, first question, just to get a, just get, a pay, get a chance to you know pick your brains and see where you're at and how you process things as a director of a company as well as an investor. You know, recurring experience in a lot of uh, issues with the banking sector and inflation and you name it. You know, from where you're sitting at and how you're observing things, what are some things that concerns you or some things you're really keeping an eye on at this current moment? Well, of course, I mean the banking sector is an interesting one. Uh, obviously, there's a shakeup. I mean, I, quite frankly, though, it's it's sort of annoying that a lot of the banks are, are seeing a down dip in their share price and question people questioning it. But, you know, the, most banks don't have all their eggs in one basket like uh, SVB did. I mean, to, for a bank to just be in the tech sector over the last two years wasn't such a great idea. I mean, the tech sector had some serious hits and, and cryptocurrencies had some serious hits. So, I really don't feel that's representative of the, of the greater industry. Um, however, I mean, they were allowed to proceed without much stress testing. And I think that's got to be sort of an instituted idea that, you know, even though they had, what, less than $250 billion um, capitalized, that they should have been stress tested. And, and, you know, the cracks would have been found earlier. So, um Anyway, my, my point is I don't feel it's indicative of the larger situation. I don't think ever, there should be a run on the banks everywhere. But at the same time, you know, when there's fluctuations in the markets like this, 
and inflation, consumers often bear the brunt. And one of the brunt we saw over the last couple of years was the price of gas. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you drive an electric car, but I, I sure thought about buying it every day when the price was ridiculous at the pumps. I, I was like, hmm, I can see it would be nice to have something that I didn't have to put up with the ups and downs of this. So I, I kind of wonder how many people went out and started shopping for one uh, once gas hit like seven bucks a, a gallon over in California. Right. Um, I, I don't live in the U.S., but in Canada, I, per liter here, it got pretty high. So uh, I don't know what that related to per gallon, but uh, it was a nasty time. It's come down since, but we have strange fluctuations where some some one day it'll jump up for no reason. I, I just think it's a knee-jerk market often. Now, you mentioned, you know, cracks, cracks in the banking sector of being exposed and things of that nature. But, you know, I think one thing that's different now is that it's just not a contained event. It seems to be spreading. And so, of course, Europe, Deutsche Bank, Credit Suisse, Switzerland uh, National Bank is getting involved. And so uh, a lot of people, especially on this side you know, of, of the world, talk about and the show is called Rethinking the Dollar. And so a lot of my viewers always anticipate the day that. You know, there's a currency shakeup where the Federal Reserve note is no longer the head honcho uh, out of all the currencies. And so do you think this type of event, out of just curiosity, could be something that leads towards a decoupling of the reserve status of the dollar as well as other currencies and if everything is happening out east with the BRIC nations and things of that nature? Yeah, that's definitely I mean, there's been an impetus by China to try to, you know, get people off the U.S. dollar over time, I mean, they're sort of chipping away at it. Um, it's it's difficult to say what's the shakeup in Europe, the fallout, because they've been pretty quick quick to patch it up. I mean, we saw Credit Suisse really get a bailout fast. Um, so we'll see. I mean, and Deutsche Bank, you know, we only heard about Deutsche Bank over the last couple of years because of bad loans they were giving out constantly and and sort of somewhat shady deals they were involved with. So it's difficult to say. I mean, keep your eye on all the banking sector. I mean, I, I've worked in Russia for a number of years. I mean, the, the banks were a mess there. I, I worked in Kazakhstan. Oh, my God. When the when the banking first developed there, you know, banks would open up and close within two months. They would take everyone's money and run away. So there's some pretty wild wild west sometimes out there for for the banking sector but i think it's pretty solid in north america i mean in generally um i know the canadian model is very low risk and the american model i think after you know the financial crisis of 2008 they did go for a lower risk model i don't know if you remember anyone could get a ridiculous mortgage someone making a a 711 you know salary was was getting $600,000 mortgages, which was unsustainable. I mean, it just, so that got shaken up. So, you know, with every event, there's always a remedy that gets instituted. So I'm hoping to see, um, you know, the banks get, get those remedies. And at the same time, you know, I don't know if you're in the in investors into the gold sector, but it's been very good for gold. Uh, right. And that's, again, very good for exploration very good for development of mines. Um, I like gold. I've been involved in gold exploration for many years. So I, I'm really excited to see it finally break 2000 and get going there. So I don't know if investors are looking at the gold sector, but it's done pretty well over the last oh, couple yeah. of months. 
Yeah, definitely. So that's another thing I want to touch on the commodity space. And so right now, as a result of all the uncertainty and panic in the banking sector, of course, with people wanting to find, I guess, more of a safe haven, <laughs> resting place for their fiat currency. A lot of people, of course, are turning to gold. And you mentioned, you know, surpassing 2000. Of course, you know, here on this channel, we're for the most part silver bugs, really excited about the opportunities oh, yeah. in silver. And so, of course, I've had a chance to speak with a lot of mining people in those spaces there. And I think this could be that turning point for the mining space. And of course, lithium is going to be right there as well, because the world is shifting towards more of a, a green future. Uh, whether we like it or not, but uh, definitely the commodity space is going to be a recipient of all this concern here. Now, do you see, um, like, especially in the energy side of things, do you see like this year being a turning point, especially because you're involved with lithium uh, with FE batteries and metal corp? So what are your thoughts on that? Well, in, in terms of being a complete turning point, I'm not sure. But if you look uh, at the past, um, the, the amount of electric vehicles that were sold jumped from 2021 to 2022 was 55% increase. So that's a big jump. And if we see that again, basically they're going to outpace the the uh, lithium manufacturing ability. I mean, the, I'm talking about uh, resource development and production. I mean, mines that are in production right now can't just double their production overnight. And mines that are just being discovered and basically built up can't come online fast enough. So um, I, I don't know how your investors are looking at the whole amount of junior companies that have been exploring for lithium, but it's been ex very explosive. Some companies have gone from 50 cents to $15 uh, over the over a period of 16 months. So there's some really exciting developments uh, that are happening here in Canada. Um, American company like Piedmont Lithium, they've been, um, you know, doing deals within Canada, signing uh, off-take agreements. And of course, Tesla themselves have gone directly to Piedmont mm -hmm. for essentially securing that supply chain. And that's another big issue too. Car companies who want to develop a, a large electrified fleet mm -hmm. uh, need that security of the supply chain. And um, that's been a very major global issue as most of it goes to China for, uh, I think, 70% for battery development there. And that's been a big issue for the Biden administration. They've actually reached out and made a pact with Canada, Mexico, the UK, Germany, et cetera. I think there's about nine countries in the deal uh, to secure those critical battery minerals like cobalt, nickel, copper, uh, lithium for the North American market to make sure, uh, I shouldn't just say North America as well as Europe, but to make sure that we, we've got our own industry that's going to develop because uh, otherwise you're going to create a new, new Saudi Arabia of lithium. You're going to create someone who's got all the, the hands on the, the wheels of production, uh, which is currently China. And then, you know, South Korea, Japan as well. So I think it's smart to do it. I think we don't want to create another Saudi Arabia, someone who's got the, you know, the levers of control for the price of things. I think it would be better to have an equal playing field for those uh, elements. Now, with the, the ramp up and manufacturers here, because I'm located currently in Metro Detroit area, so the Motor City. And so I just saw an article the other day saying Ford, you know, was starting to take some losses due to the inability to really, I guess, make, you know, get everything they need to produce cars in an affordable way. So will it be a problem, you think, with, you know, just being able to secure enough at an affordable price to where it's not passed on to the consumers that's already experiencing some tightness when it comes yeah. to being able to buy cars? I 
if someone's been watching the the price of lithium carbonate, which is a, a key component for for the battery makers, uh, the price spiked uh, in a ridiculous manner about five months ago, and it's come back since. Mm -hmm. So that that was actually a pretty scary issue: is that is the price of the components for the batteries going to go so high that when I go to the you know to the market to look for a vehicle the the price point would be too high for me. I'd go back to buy a gas car. So um, obviously for the automakers, they're, they're simply concerned about, let's get my hands on enough for my own supply. And Volkswagen recently mentioned that it's looking for deals with miners. So they're, right, they're going right to the source. And, and quite frankly, I'm still amazed that a company like Apple wouldn't buy a car company. Because I just think that the technology of Apple products with a electrified car makes perfect sense. Who wouldn't want to have your iPad just plop it into the dashboard and that is your dashboard? Um, things like that. So I, you know, I, I see the, um, the revolution for the EV uh, will, will take part, I think, in maybe in surprising ways, but um, obviously the big car companies like uh, in Detroit. GM, et cetera, they are pretty much committed to electrifying quite a percentage of their fleet. And then going forward, I think we're going to see a good solid decade of, of change over from, you know, your gas powered vehicles, uh, you know, representing saying 90% of what they build to represent only about 30% of what they build. In fact, I keep expecting, you know, the, uh, the big Chevrons of the world, things like that to, to start exploring for lithium to start maybe i mean they got a lot of money still right these are wealthy companies they could start uh, getting into the lithium space too it would make sense i mean if you were the ceo and you're you know the next decade is not going to belong to gas-powered vehicles wouldn't you have a board meeting and say hey let's uh, let's get into lithium projects all right and on top of that, you know, one thing I mentioned before we went live is just uh, the solar generator market is really expanding now. And so every company has some type of product where they're trying to offer people an alternative way of, you know, having backup storage uh, energy or whatnot. And so the, I'm, one of the things that, you know, I'm trying to figure out and learn myself because I actually bought a solar generator is the life cycle, the longevity of those products. You know, there's different ways, I guess, there's different types of lithium grade batteries that, you know, last longer than others. And so I, I'm assuming we're still at the beginning phases of really understanding how much benefit can come from this energy source you think or, sure. or what? i mean i i well i think with with you know um wind solar things like that you do need to have a backup uh you do you do need storage and for for personalized um uh, i i think there was going to be a tesla wall one once upon a time and then excuse me, they abandoned that project, surprisingly, because I actually thought it was a great idea. I mean, many consumers have rates that vary per time, like your nighttime rate is lower than your daytime rate. So you could charge your car if you have an electric car during the night, or you could charge into a storage that you could run your daytime. You could shave off those peak, uh, peak charges. I, I think it's a great idea. Mm -hmm. um, regarding the technology of lithium batteries, it has improved greatly since day one i mean uh look at your cell phone look at your you know all your laptops etc they've gotten better and better and better usually the battery i remember buying a laptop and the, the battery would last an hour right mm -hmm. and now i can 
run for four hours and things like that. So uh, people are working on solid state batteries that may even have a better life cycle. But that's, that is something, you know, I obviously I'm not in that technology space, uh, but that's, it goes hand in hand. Um, they'll still want lithium because lithium has such a good uh, charge density. It's, it's so light. It's lighter than water. Um, it's the third lightest element in the entire universe. Right. It's just one under helium for, for uh, how light it is. So it's, it's certainly a great metal, a great solid to be using as a battery rather than if you've picked up a car battery in the old days, they weighed a ton, right? Okay. So uh, now the lithium battery, the, the, it's much, much a lighter thing. And so, but you still need um, to adapt further, I think. They, they have to get better. Uh, right. They have to live longer and, and allow, you know, maximum output. Because that was another issue in the past, too. You, your battery would have a certain output depending upon how you used it. And over time, that decayed, right? Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, since we're talking about lithium, let's dive into the company. So uh, for those who may not be familiar with, uh, you know, FE Battery Meadows, uh, can you give us a little background about the company. And, of course, you're the director. And give us a little bit about the team and projects underway. Sure. I mean, we have a lot of projects underway. Um, the uh, CEO, uh, Germander Sanga, uh, his kind of philosophy was like run out and try to grab areas that are in the hottest districts. And I think that was a good idea. Uh, we have projects uh, mainly in Quebec. We have some Ontario based projects. So um, as I mentioned before, that there's been an explosion of exploration here in Canada. We have what's called the Canadian Shield. It's a large area of old rocks. Uh, it, within those old rocks are a rock type called pegmatite, which is the target of lithium explorers uh, for the these areas. And it's been very lucrative. Lots of companies have uh, come out of the gate with great new discoveries. Uh, however, a lot of them are pretty far off the road. I mean, that's one of the aspects here in Canada is we don't have a lot of... Um, infrastructure uh, you know are, are is the project near a road is the project near a railway is the project near manpower uh electric power so those are issues for development um of all exploration projects and our flagship project uh the company's flagship project is located near rail road uh, and power and uh just the largest lithium mine in canada just opened up and started production we're right beside it. And we, if you ask me, we've got the same geology, mm -hmm. uh, the same rock types, uh, the same potential. So that that's a very exciting uh, target. It's called Augustus. Mm -hmm. And we've recently uh, put out some news releases about some uh, drill results. However, I think if people um, come in, take a look at us, they're going to see those results get better because we're, we're fine-tuning our exploration program and we'll be hitting the, the more area where the meat and potatoes of, of the deposit is. So uh, that'll be interesting for people to watch going forward. Interesting. So you guys are publicly traded. You know, can you share with the audience uh, the ticker symbols so they can, you know, take a look at it and find out more? Yeah, it's, it's uh, on what's called the CSE. Um, it's Canadian Securities Exchange. However, it will be moving uh, towards the Van what's called the Vancouver Exchange or the TSXV uh, shortly which I think should be really good for investors, allow, um, you know, basically tear up 
in terms of a company and our listing. Um, we're we're interested in and in, you know getting some more exposure out there. I think in a lot of ways we've flown under the radar of a lot of companies. Uh, we have a great portfolio of projects, as I mentioned. Uh, we're we're up in the James Bay region. We have two areas. Uh, one of them near Critical uh, Elements Lithium. Uh, they have um, a Rose deposit. We're quite close to that. They have another area that's further towards the east. Uh, we're right beside that. And there's a lot of great lithium projects, uh, you know, to explore. The The idea, if, if people look at what pegmatite um, development is right now, it's really in, located in Western Australia. But Western Australia, I've worked there. They don't have a lot of rocks and sort of uh, trees and lakes and rivers that are really difficult to get around in. So you can drive everywhere. It's it's a sort of a more flat, arid area, and so exploration couldn't advance fast there. Where we're we're you know fifteen years behind, and we're making those new discoveries. A lot of Australian companies have actually come over to Canada uh, in the last two and a half years, and in fact. They're dominating right now, I think, uh, with with lithium exploration even in Quebec. So uh, anyway, I, I I would say come to the website. We've got a great geologic team. The, the drill program is currently underway. Uh, we're putting the drill, as I mentioned, into the more core part of the deposit, which is, uh, I think, the, the best result was around 19 meters width. Um, so we'll see how it goes. We have what's called a pegmatite swarm. So there's more than one of these objects we're encountering in a single drill hole. Sometimes we see up to five pegmatite bodies. Uh, we've got some large pegmatite that haven't been explored and touched yet uh, over towards the west part of this project. They're sometimes over a kilometer long. So that's, you know, getting near uh, an eighth of a mile long. They're, they're big targets. So and they're wide. So That'll be an interesting area to hit this year. And, you know, quite quite frankly, too, it's just really an easy area to work in. We're, we're right near a road. We're right beside, we're right across the road from a mine, a lithium mine. So it's a, it's a great site. Sounds good. Well, Craig, Alfred, I appreciate you for taking time with us to uh, educate the RTD audience on the lithium space. And, and of course, sharing your opinion and thoughts on what's happening in the macro economy of things. But uh, for those who, uh, of course, I'll put more information um, in the ticker symbol in, in the, in the uh, comment section there. But other than that, any last thoughts you want to leave us with before we sign off? I'm definitely love to catch up with you in the future and see where you guys are at at that point as well. Uh, just um, it's a great time for investors, I think, you know, this not since the war. I've seen governments actually step in and get involved. Um, both the Canadian government, the U.S. government has been very pro-lithium, uh, green lighting projects, uh, giving record amounts of, of cash uh, investments, as well as uh, support in the way of loans to companies. So it's, it's really an amazing time. All righty. Well, thank you once again for joining us on RT interviews. Looking forward to you know following the company as definitely have you back on in the future, as I mentioned. So sure. thanks and enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Great to be here. Thanks, Mike.